0: Sons and daughters of noble birth, Dharma masters, Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Supreme Assembly, welcome to the Buddhaverse podcast. It is sad to say that we are experiencing the full blast of this degenerate age, with coronavirus scaring the living daylights out of every cognizant human. I think the only other time we felt this spooked in recent times is when Trump was threatening North Korea with nuclear war. So for the fourth episode, I decided it was the perfect time to do a Sutra recitation on the Sutra of Medicine Buddha. Also titled the Sutra of the Merits of the Fundamental Vows of the Master of Healing, the Sapphire Radiance Tathagata, or the Sutra of Sacred Formula of the Binding Vows of the Twelve Deva Generals to Enrich All Sentient Beings, let us now open the Sutra Treasury and reveal the wealth within. What we need is a Buddha verse emerging. In other words, we need Nirvana emerging. called Enlightenment. Before the recitation I wanted to do a preamble for those unfamiliar with sutras. The word sutra in Sanskrit means thread, and in the Buddhist context means a thread of information that can be traced back to the Buddha Shakyamuni himself. If you are new to Buddhism and don't know who Siddhartha Gautama the Shakyamuni Buddha was, or what a Buddha is period, I suggest the PBS documentary on the life of the Buddha lectures by Tripitaka Master Shunhua on YouTube, or many of the podcasts by Robert Thurman on the life and teachings of the Buddha, as they are numerous. Who or what is the Medicine Buddha? Quoting from the Introduction to the Sutra, the source of which is in the episode's blog post on com. In the vast Mahayana pantheon, three Buddhas stand supreme. Shakyamuni Buddha, the Buddha of the present age, Amitabha, the Lord of the Western Pure Land of Ultimate Bliss, and the Medicine Buddha, the Healing Buddha, by Shajaguru or Master of Medicine, Doctor of Body and Soul, as embodiment of the archetypal healer, watching over the living, and consoler, watching over those long gone, the Medicine Buddha and Abhitava represent teachings common to all traditions of Buddhism. The sutra was translated by Master Xuanzang in the 6th century after his famed Journey to the West, where he gathered hundreds of sutras and brought them back to China for translation. It has since been transmitted throughout the world into your ears today. This sutra is one of the first, if not the first, Mahayana Sutra that I read and it had a very very deep effect on me, not just because of the stunning imagery and promise of the efficacious healing properties of the sutra and of the Medicine Buddha Mantra, but it showed me the vast scope of the Buddhaverse and the magical nature and power of the Buddhas. And when I say magical, I don't mean magical thinking in a naive, Harry Potter-ish sort of way, but magical in a profound sense, where the words on the page connect to the innermost depths of the heart, in a way that you know what is being said is part of our very essence as thinking, rational humans. It showed me that these documents that have been handed down through time were crafted in such a way that when spoken, reflected upon, and visualized, they activate the dormant properties that are the greatest aspects of our nature. In the exoteric sense, the Buddhas are real beings that we can have faith in to cause a tangible effect on our well-being, but in the esoteric sense, the Medicine Buddha represents the innate healing ability that our bodies and minds possess that we can all attest to, cuts and bones heal themselves. The placebo effect is so scientifically proven that it is used as a control in every single pharmaceutical study. Uh, And more often than not, our body's ability to heal is either encouraged or restricted by our mental disposition. And this sutra provides us with rituals and practices that will jumpstart the underlying potentials for human mental and physical well-being and you will see from the sutra that this promise extends to material and financial well-being as well. My mom is a doctor, an ear, nose, and throat specialist, so I've been acquainted with the medical profession my whole life, and the Hippocratic Oath that all doctors must take, which is so, so similar to the Bodhisattva vow and the vows of the Buddhas, is a beautiful representation of the compassionate attitude that it takes to heal another sentient being. So, now that we have this pandemic of global proportion that has imprisoned all of us in our homes, now is the time to recite this Medicine Buddha Sutra for its healing and protecting properties to benefit ourselves and to transfer the huge amount of merit that we gain from this practice to benefit all sentient beings. Because, as the great oneness that we all are, with the infinite mind that we all share, if one of us becomes awakened or has a change of heart towards compassion and liberation, This will have a morphic resonant shockwave effect on the rest of us, and we will all together move towards the path. For more information about the Medicine Buddha, I really, really suggest you go to the Robert Thurman podcast or scroll through some of his Medicine Buddha teachings, as his explanations are more trustworthy than mine. But in short, the Medicine Buddha Shaja Guru was a bodhisattva who, along with his six brothers, vowed to protect the sentient beings of this degenerate age. Our lifespans are comically short compared to those of the devas, and yet it is from this knowledge of impermanence and suffering that we all endure that gives humans the unique perspective to utilize this life for awakening. However, it is very difficult to wake up when we are all under wage slavery and have diabetes and heart disease and don't value education and have to go fight in wars for oil tycoons, and dictators control our very minds. And we are just overall in a shitty position to dedicate thought, time, and effort towards perfecting our virtue study and practice. So the Medicine Buddhas offer their services to dispel illness and tragedy so that we can practice like the good little bodhisattvas that we strive to be. And I will attest that it works in just the way the sutras says it does. I used to be Uh, really a sickly sort of fellow. I would get flus and colds constantly and since I stopped eating meat about five years ago due to a steak that gave me a violent flu, with no vaccinations I've had no flus or major illnesses since. I maybe get a cold every other year but if I chant this sutra a few times it subsides in a day or two. I do some yoga practices and meditate quite a bit But I would say in large part, my healthy lifestyle began with and is buoyed by the Medicine Buddha Sutra and Mantra recitation. I've heard of several cancer patients that have experienced remission, which they attribute to their Medicine Buddha practice. In fact, the entire culture and country of Tibet for a thousand years developed and propagated their highly, highly effective system of Tibetan medicine called Sowa Rigpa based on the Medicine Buddha teachings. And you can learn all about that at the Soul Rig Academy, founded by Dr. Nita Chinat one of my teachers, where you can take online courses in Tibetan medicine. And I suggest you go find that in the resource pages of BuddhaVersePodcast.com and learn about that. We are so unhealthy in this world, and it's not just because of obesity, but lack of flexibility, strained attention spans, highly competitive work environments, poor diet, sensory overload, All of these things play a role in depleting our precious life energy while providing little joy in the way of true satisfaction and well-being. We have just begun understanding what it means to be healthy, and we have a rudimentary understanding at best of the body in Western medicine where its relationship to the mind is virtually ignored. From the Buddhist perspective, where mind precedes all things, a healthy body begins with a healthy mind, and a healthy mind can begin with study of the sutras, especially this one and practicing the teachings therein. Actually taking the medicine that the great physician Shakyamuni has prescribed is the only way to heal. The sutra begins with Shakyamuni Buddha describing the medicine Buddha's appearance in Pure Land and then gives a synopsis of the kinds of suffering that the Buddha is here to alleviate and then gives the Shaja Guru mantra for dispelling disease and suffering He then moves on to describe the benefits that come from praising the Medicine Buddha and then he teaches on the importance of faith in the Buddhas and the practice and then introduces the devas or yaksha generals who vow to protect beings of this degenerate age. As you listen to this sutra, it's important not to just have an open mind but to also have deep faith and concentration. The Avatamsaka Sutra says, Faith is the mother of virtues, nourishing and growing all good ways. Faith can increase knowledge and virtue. Faith can assure the arrival at enlightenment. And in the introduction to the sutra it says, The key to this sutra's efficacy lies in the complete absence of doubt on the part of the practitioner. If he or she is utterly sincere, he is in a de facto state of samadhi, the very state of the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. Her mind is then the mind of the Buddhas. Their merits and virtues become her own. How then can disease or calamity defeat her? Now, as a warning, this does not grant immunity from disease. Saying, repeating, and chanting this sutra does not prevent you from getting coronavirus. Please do not be a crazy person and take what I say as divine law and gallivant out in public rubbing your face all over the coronavirus infected landscape. Take all CDC prescribed precautions. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use disinfectant, eat healthy, avoid contact with others, all of that. It is definitely an abuse of the teachings to think that you can do whatever you want and the Buddhas will just make it all better. The Buddhas and Bodhisattvas help those who help themselves. So without further ado, the recitation of the Sutra of the Medicine Buddha. With fingers touching in closed lotus mudra, I take refuge in the Buddha, I take refuge in the Dharma, I take refuge in the Sangha. I take refuge in the Buddha, I take refuge in the Dharma, I take refuge in the Sangha. I take refuge in the Buddha, I take refuge in the Dharma, I take refuge in the Sangha. Although sentient beings of the ten directions are numberless, I vow to save them all. Although the afflictions are inexhaustible, I vow to eradicate them all. Although the Dharma doors are infinite, I vow to learn and practice them all. Although Supreme Enlightenment is unattainable, I vow to attain it. Sutra on the Medicine Buddha Sapphire Radiance Tathagata, His Past Vows, Merits, and Virtues Thus have I heard. Once Buddha Shakyamuni, the world-honored one, was traveling throughout the various lands to teach and convert the people. When he arrived in Vaishali, he rested under the tree of music, accompanied by 8,000 great bhikshus. An immeasurably great assembly including 36,000 great bodhisattvas, as well as kings, great ministers, brahmins, laymen and women, the eight types of divinities, and other human and non-human beings, gathered respectfully around the Buddha as he preached the Dharma. At that time, the Bodhisattva Manjushri, prince of the Dharma, receiving the awesome spiritual power of the Buddha, rose from his seat, adjusted his rope to bear his shoulder, and knelt on his right knee. He bowed deeply and with palms joined respectfully addressed the Buddha, World-honored one, may I please request that you explain the various names and titles, the great past vows, and the superlative virtues of the Buddhas, so that those who are listening to you will be freed from karmic obstruction, while in the future, sentient beings in the Dharma semblance age will also derive great benefit and joy. The Buddha praised Bodhisattva Manjushri, saying, Excellent, excellent, Manjushri. Out of great compassion, you have urged me to explain the names and titles, merits and virtues and past vows of the Buddhas in order to liberate those who are bound by karmic obstructions and bring benefit, peace and joy to all sentient beings in the Dharma semblance age. Now listen attentively and reflect carefully upon what I am about to say. The Bodhisattva Manjusri replied, So be it, world-honored one. We will joyfully listen to whatever you wish to teach. The Buddha then said to the Bodhisattva Manjushri, East of this world, past countless Buddha lands, more numerous than the grains of sand in ten Ganges rivers, there exists a world called pure Vaidurya. The Buddha of that world is called Medicine Buddha. Vaidhurya radiance Tathagata, Arhat, the perfectly enlightened, perfect in mind and deed, well gone, knower of the world, unsurpassed being, tamer of passions, teacher of gods and men, Buddha World Honored One Manjushri, when the world-honored Medicine Buddha was treading the bodhisattva path, he solemnly made twelve great vows to grant sentient beings whatever they desired. His First Great Vow I vow that in a future life, when I have attained supreme perfect enlightenment, brilliant rays will shine forth from my body, illuminating countless boundless realms. This body will be adorned with the thirty-two marks of greatness and eighty auspicious characteristics, Furthermore, I will enable all sentient beings to become just like me. Second Great Vow I vow that in a future life, when I have attained supreme enlightenment, my body, inside and out, will radiate far and wide the clarity and flawless purity of Vaiduria. This body will be adorned with superlative virtues and dwell peacefully in the midst of a web of light more magnificent than the sun or moon. The light will awaken the minds of all beings dwelling in darkness, enabling them to engage in their pursuits according to their wishes. Third Great Vow I vow then in a future life, when I have attained supreme enlightenment, I will, with infinite wisdom and skillful means, provide all sentient beings with an inexhaustible quantity of goods to meet their material needs. They will never want for anything. Fourth Great Vow I vow that in a future life, when I have attained Supreme Enlightenment, I will set all who follow heretical ways upon the path of enlightenment. Likewise, I will set those who follow the Shravaka and Prachekya Buddha ways onto the Mahayana path. 5th Great Vow I vow that in a future life, when I have attained Supreme Enlightenment, I will help all the countless sentient beings who cultivate the path of morality in accordance with my Dharma to observe the rules of conduct to perfection in conformity with the three root precepts. Even those guilty of disparaging or violating the precepts will regain their purity upon hearing my name and avoid descending upon the evil paths. Sixth great vow. I vow that in a future life, when I have attained supreme enlightenment, sentient beings with imperfect bodies, whose senses are deficient, who are ugly, stupid, blind, deaf, mute, crippled, hunchbacked, Leprous, insane, or suffering from various other illnesses, will, upon hearing my name, acquire well-formed bodies, endowed with intelligence, with all senses intact. They will be free of illness and suffering. 7th Great Vow I vow that in a future life, when I have attained supreme enlightenment, sentient beings afflicted with various illnesses, with no one to help them, nowhere to turn, no physicians, no medicine, no family, no home, who are destitute and miserable, will, as soon as my name passes through their ears, be relieved of all of their illnesses. With mind and body peaceful and contented, they will enjoy home, family, and property in abundance, and eventually realize unsurpassed supreme enlightenment. Eighth grade Vow I vow that in a future life, when I have attained supreme enlightenment, those women who are extremely disgusted with the hundred afflictions that befall women and wish to abandon their female form, will, upon hearing my name, all be reborn as men. They will be endowed with noble features, and eventually realize unsurpassed supreme enlightenment. Ninth Great Vow I vow that in a future life, when I have attained supreme enlightenment, I will help all sentient beings escape from the demon's net, and free themselves from the bonds of heretical paths. Should they be caught in the thicket of wrong views, I will lead them to correct views, gradually inducing them to cultivate the practices of bodhisattvas and swiftly realize supreme, perfect enlightenment. Tenth Great Vow I vow that in a future life, when I have attained supreme enlightenment, those sentient beings who are shackled, beaten, imprisoned, condemned to death or otherwise, subjected to countless miseries and humiliations by royal decree, and who are suffering in body and mind from this oppression, need only hear my name to be freed from all of these afflictions, thanks to the awesome power of my merits and virtues. Eleventh Great Vow I vow that in a future life, when I have attained supreme enlightenment, if sentient beings who are tormented by hunger and thirst, to the point of creating evil karma in their attempts to survive, should succeed in hearing my name, recite it single-mindedly, and hold fast to it, I will first satisfy them with the most exquisite food and drink, Ultimately, it is through the flavor of the Dharma that I will establish them in the realm of peace and happiness. Twelfth Great Vow I vow that in a future life, when I have attained supreme enlightenment, if sentient beings who are utterly destitute, lacking clothes to protect them from mosquitoes and flies, heat and cold, and are suffering day and night, should hear my name, recite it single-mindedly, and hold fast to it, their wishes will be fulfilled. They will immediately receive all manner of exquisite clothing, precious adornments, flower garlands, and incense powder, and will enjoy music and entertainment to their heart's content. Manjushri, these are the twelve sublime vows made by the world-honored Medicine Buddha, Vaidhurya Radiance Tathagata, Arhat, the perfectly enlightened, when he was cultivating the Bodhisattva path. Manjushri, as to these great vows made by the Medicine Buddha while he was following the Bodhisattva path, as well as the merits, virtues, and adornments of his Buddha-land, I cannot possibly describe them all, not even if I were to speak for an eon or more. However, this Buddha-land is utterly pure. You will find no temptations, no evil paths, nor even cries of suffering there. In this land, the ground is made of sapphire. The boundaries are demarcated with golden cords, The towns, towers, palaces, pavilions, as well as the balconies, windows, and draperies are all made of the seven treasures. The merits, virtues, and adornments of this realm are identical to those of Amitabha Buddha's Pure Land in the West. In this land dwell two great Bodhisattvas, Universal Solar Radiance and Universal Lunar Radiance. Among the countless Bodhisattvas, they are the leaders. Each in turn will serve as successor to the Medicine Buddha, And as the able guardian of his true Dharma treasury. For these reasons, Manjushri, all devout men and women should vow to be born in this land. Buddha Shakyamuni then told the Bodhisattva Manjushri, There are sentient beings who cannot tell right from wrong. They are greedy and mean, do not practice charity, and do not understand the rewards of generosity. They are ignorant and unintelligent. Lacking the foundations of faith, they amass riches, which they assiduously hoard. Whenever they come across anyone seeking charity, they become annoyed. If forced to give, they feel as much pain and regret as if they were parting with their own flesh. Moreover, they are also countless sentient beings who are miserly and avaricious. They spend time amassing wealth while not daring to spend it even on themselves, let alone on parents, spouse, children, servants, or beggars, Upon their deaths, these stingy persons will descend onto the paths of hungry ghosts or animality. However, even though they may suffer such a fate, if in a previous existence, in the human realm, they happen to hear the name of the medicine Buddha, and now recall and recite his name even briefly, they will immediately vanish from the evil paths to be born once more amongst humans. However, they will remember their stay on the evil path, and dreading their past suffering will cease to wallow in worldly pleasures. They will gladly practice charity themselves, praise others who do so, and will no longer be stingy. Eventually, they will even be able to donate their head, eyes, limbs, blood, flesh, or other parts of their bodies to those who need them, not to mention mere material possessions. Moreover, Manjushri, there are sentient beings who have accepted the teachings of the Tathagata, but have violated the precepts, or they have not violated the precepts, but have broken the regulations, or else, while they have violated neither the precepts nor the regulations, they have disparaged right views, or they have not disparaged right views, but have abandoned extensive study of the Dharma, and thus cannot explain the profound meaning of the sutras preached by the Buddha. Or else, although they may be learned, they have grown conceited. Because conceit clouds the mind, they believe that they are in the right and others are in the wrong. Therefore, they depreciate the correct dharma and ally themselves with demons. Such deluded persons not only follow wrong views themselves, they also lead countless other sentient beings to the same great pitfall. These sentient beings are bound to wander endlessly on the paths of hell, animality, and hungry ghosts. Yet if they should succeed in hearing the name of the medicine Buddha, they will abandon their evil conduct forthwith to cultivate wholesome ways and thus avoid descending upon the evil paths. Even those who cannot abandon evil practices or cultivate wholesome teachings and thus descend onto the evil paths can still benefit from the awesome power of the Medicine Buddha's past vows. If through this power they should hear the name even briefly, their lives on the evil path will end and they will be born again in the human realm. They will hold correct views, diligently pursue the practice, and tame their minds. They will then be able to abandon the home life to become monks or nuns, They will uphold and study the dharma of the Tathagatas rather than disparage and violate it. With correct views and extensive study, they will fathom the extremely profound meaning of the teachings, abandon all conceit, and cease to disparage the correct dharma. They will no longer have demons as companions, but will gradually cultivate the practices of bodhisattvas and swiftly perfect them. Moreover, Manjushri, there are sentient beings who are avaricious, envious, jealous, And accustomed to praising themselves and disparaging others. They are bound to sink onto the three evil paths, suffering intense misery for countless thousands of years. When this intense suffering comes to an end, they will be born in the human world as oxen, horses, donkeys, or camels. Often beaten and mistreated, they will suffer hunger and thirst and constantly travel along the road carrying heavy loads. If they succeed in returning as human beings, they will be among the poor and lowly always serving others, constantly receiving orders, never being free. However, if any of them, in a former incarnation as a human being, having heard the name of the world-honored medicine Buddha, and as a result of this good cause, now remember and single-mindedly take refuge in him, they will, thanks to this Buddha's spiritual power, escape all suffering. Their senses will be sharp, and they will be wise and learned constantly seeking the supreme teachings and meeting with good spiritual friends, they will break forever through Mara's net, smash the shell of delusion, dry up the river of afflictions, and thus escape all worry and suffering of birth, old age, disease, and death. Moreover, Manjushri, there are sentient beings who love to quarrel, create schisms, and engage in legal disputes. They constantly snake themselves and others suffer creating and increasing all kinds of evil karma with body, speech, and mind. They plot against one another without mercy, while invoking the spirits of mountains, forests, trees, and tombs. They kill sentient beings and use their flesh and blood to propitiate the Yakshas and Rakshasa demons. They may also write down the names and make images of those against whom they harbor grudges, curse them with evil mantras, and try to harm or kill them with potions, witchcraft, or demons raised from the dead. However, if the victims succeed in hearing the name of the Medicine Buddha, none of these evil practices can harm them. Moreover, everyone concerned will develop compassionate mind, endeavoring to benefit and bring peace and joy to others. They will abandon their harmful thoughts and their angry, spiteful minds, and all parties will be happy and satisfied with what they have. They will cease to encroach upon others, but will instead seek to benefit one another. Moreover, Manjushri... Within the fourfold assembly of bhikshus, bhikshunis, upasakas, and upasikas, as well as among other men and women of pure faith, there are those who are able to adhere to the eight precepts for a full year, or for three months a year, dedicating these good roots towards rebirth in the western pure land of Amitabha, the Buddha of infinite light, so as to listen to the correct dharma. If their rebirth in the pure land is still uncertain, but they hear the name of the world-honored medicine Buddha, then at that time of death eight great bodhisattvas, namely Manjushri, Mahastamaprapta, Ratnachandana, Bhaisadja Samudgata, Akshamati, by mati Raja and Maitreya. They will traverse space and descend to show them the way. They will thereupon be reborn spontaneously in jeweled flowers of many hues. Moreover, there are those who are born in the celestial realms, thanks to hearing the name of the Medicine Buddha, Despite their birth in the celestial realms, their good roots are still not exhausted, and thus they will not be born again on the evil paths. When their lifespan in the celestial realms comes to an end, they may return to the human world as wheel-turning kings, ruling over the four continents around Mount Semeru. With awesome virtues and ease, they will set countless hundreds of thousands of sentient beings on the path of the ten virtues. Or else, such persons may be born as kshatriyas, the military ruling class, or Brahmins, or laymen of great families, with abundant wealth and overflowing granaries and storehouses. They will be endowed with noble features, numerous family members and retainers, as well as intelligence, wisdom, bravery, vigor, and the imposing demeanor of a great hero. Likewise, if there is any woman who hears and single-mindedly holds fast to the name of the Medicine Buddha, she will never again be born in the female form. Manjushri, After the Medicine Buddha attained Supreme Enlightenment, he realized, by virtue of his past vows, that sentient beings endured various ailments, such as emaciation, crippling disabilities, fever, dysentery, jaundice, etc. Some were the targets of black magic or various poisons, while others suffered short lives or untimely death. At that time, Seeking to put an end to these miseries and fulfill the desires of sentient beings, he entered a samadhi called Eliminating All the Suffering and Affliction of Sentient Beings. Once he entered that samadhi, he brilliantly shone forth from his urna as he uttered a great dharani, Namo Bhagavate, Baisaja Guru, Vaidurya Prabha, Rajaya, Tathagataya, Arhate, Samyaksam, Ya, Tadyata. Om Bajaja 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 Samudgate Swaha. As soon as the Medicine Buddha, in his radiance, had uttered this dharani, the entire cosmos rumbled and shook. Brilliant lights shone forth, allowing all sentient beings to escape disease and suffering and enjoy peace and happiness. Manjushri, if you come across any man or woman suffering illness, you should constantly cleanse him, bathe him, and rinse his mouth you should single-mindedly recite this Dharani 108 times on his behalf. Over his food, medicine, or water, from which insects have been removed, once he has consumed the food and drink, his illness and suffering will disappear. If the patient has a particular wish and single-mindedly recites this Dharani, his wish will be fulfilled. He will be free from disease, enjoy a longer life, and, at death, will be born in the realm of Medicine Buddha." He will then be beyond retrogression and eventually realize supreme enlightenment. Therefore, Manjushri, any man or woman who single-mindedly reveres and respectfully makes offerings to the medicine Buddha should constantly recite this Dharani, never letting it out of his mind. Moreover, Manjushri, upon hearing the various names of the medicine Buddha, Vaidurya Radiance, Tathagata, Arhat, the perfectly enlightened, men and women of pure faith should recite and hold fast to this name. Each morning at dawn, having bathed themselves and cleansed their teeth, they should make offerings of fragrant flowers, incense, perfume, and various kinds of music before the image of this Buddha. Furthermore, they should copy this sutra or have others do so, as well as single-mindedly recite it and listen to explanations of its meaning. They should offer all the necessities of life to the Dharma masters who teach this sutra, making sure they lack nothing. In this way, devout men and women will be under the protection of the Buddhas. All their wishes will be fulfilled, and they will eventually realize supreme enlightenment. The Bodhisattva Manjushri then respectfully addressed the Buddha. O world-honored one, I vow that in the Dharma semblance age, I will use every skillful means to help men and women of pure faith hear the name of the world-honored medicine Buddha. Even in their sleep, I will awaken their consciousness with the name of this Buddha. O world-honored one, if any devout persons should read, recite, and uphold this sutra, or lecture upon it, explaining its meanings to others, or copy it, or have others copy it, or if they should pay it the utmost reverence, adorning it with fragrant flowers, perfumes, incense, powder, and sticks, garlands, necklaces, banners, canopies, dance, and music, and protecting it with precious multicolored cloth, if they should prepare a clean sight, Erect a high altar and place this sutra upon it, the four great celestial kings, their retinues, as well as countless hundreds of thousands of other divinities, will thereupon proceed to this place to make offerings and guard this sutra. World Honored One, wherever this treasure of a sutra has spread, and there are people capable of upholding it, you should know that thanks to the Medicine Buddha's past vows, his virtues, and the power of his name, the place will be free of untimely death." In that place, there will no longer be evil demons or spirits to sap the vital energy of the people. Even if there were, these devout men and women would recover, enjoying good health and peace of mind. The Buddha then spoke to Manjushri. So be it, so be it, Manjushri. It is just as you say. If men and women of pure faith wish to make offerings to the world-honored medicine Buddha, they should first make an image of this Buddha and then place it upon a pure, clean altar. They should scatter all kinds of flowers, burn all varieties of incense, and adorn the place with banners and pennants. For seven days and nights they should adhere to the eight precepts, consume only pure food, bathe and perfume themselves, put on clean, fresh clothing, and keep their minds undefiled, free of anger and malice. They should develop feelings of kindness, compassion, joy, and equanimity towards all sentient beings, while bringing them benefits, peace, and happiness. They should play music and sing the praises of the Medicine Buddha while circumambulating his image in a rightward direction. Moreover, they should bear in mind his merits, virtues, and past vows while reading and reciting this sutra, reflecting on its meaning and explaining it to others. Whatever they wish will then be fulfilled, whether it be longevity, wealth, or anything else, such as official position or the birth of sons and daughters. Moreover, if any sentient being suddenly suffers nightmares and witnesses all kinds of evil omens, such as flocks of strange birds or hundreds of ominous signs throughout their home, they need only venerate the world-honored Medicine Buddha with all kinds of wondrous offerings, and the nightmares, evil omens, and inauspicious signs will all disappear, no longer able to cause them harm. If any sentient beings are in fear of water, fire, knives, poison, falling off a precipice, or vicious beasts such as wild elephants, lions, tigers, wolves, bears, venomous snakes, scorpions, centipedes, millipedes, infectious mosquitoes, or gnats, they need only single-mindedly recall and recite the name of the Medicine Buddha while respectfully making offerings to him, and they will escape all of these terrors. If a country should be subject to foreign invasion, banditry, or rebellion, the inhabitants need only recall and recite the name of Medicine Buddha, while paying homage to him and all of these calamities will likewise disappear. Moreover, Manjushri, there are men and women of pure faith who throughout their lives have not worshipped any deities but have single-mindedly taken refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha and upheld the precepts, the five or ten lay precepts, the four hundred bodhisattva precepts, or the two hundred and fifty bhikshu or five hundred bhikshuni precepts, However, if any of them have violated the precepts they have taken, and fear falling onto an evil path, they should concentrate on reciting the name of the Medicine Buddha and respectfully make offerings to him. They will then certainly avoid rebirth in the three evil paths. If women who experience extreme pain during childbirth can, with utmost sincerity, recite the name of the Medicine Buddha, praise, venerate, and make offerings to him, they will be relieved of their suffering. The children born to them will be without defects, attractive in appearance, causing those who seek them to rejoice. They will be endowed with keen senses and intelligence, along with a quiet disposition. They will seldom become ill, nor will evil spirits sap their vital energy. The World Honored One then asked Ananda, I have just extolled the merits and virtues of the World Honored Medicine Buddha. These merits and virtues are the extremely profound practices of all Buddhas, but are difficult to explain. Do you have faith in them or not? Ananda respectfully replied, O great virtuous world-honored one, I do not have any doubts about the sutra preached by the Tathagatas. Why? It is because the Tathagatas' karma of body, speech, and mind are all pure. O world-honored one, the sun and moon may fall, Mount Semru, the majestic king of mountains, may tremble, but the words of the Buddha can never change. O world-honored one, some sentient beings whose roots of faith are deficient may hear of the sublime practices of the Buddhas and think, how can we obtain these merits, virtues, and great advantages just by reciting the name of the medicine Buddha alone? Because of this lack of faith, they even develop disparaging thoughts, thus forfeiting great benefits and remaining in the long, dark night of ignorance. They descend onto the evil paths, revolving around them without end. The Buddha then said to Ananda, if these sentient beings should hear the name of the world-honored medicine Buddha, single-mindedly recite and hold fast to it without harboring doubts, then it will be impossible for them to sink into the evil paths. O Ananda, these extremely profound practices of the Buddhas are difficult to believe in, difficult to understand. Yet you are now able to accept them. You should realize that this is all due to the awesome power of the Tathagatas. O Ananda, O Ananda, even the Shravakas, Pratyekabuddhas, Buddhas, and Bodhisattvas who have not reached the ten stages cannot understand and believe in this truth. Only the Bodhisattvas who are one lifetime away from Buddhahood can. O oh, Ananda, a human rebirth is difficult to achieve. However, to believe in, respect, and honor the Triple Jewel is even more difficult. To hear the name of the World Honored Medicine Buddha is more difficult still. O Ananda, the medicine Buddha has cultivated countless bodhisattva precepts, employed countless skillful means, and made countless far-reaching vows. If I were to take an eon or more to recount them, this eon would come to an end before I could exhaustively describe all these wonderful practices, vows, and skillful means. At that time, a great bodhisattva in the assembly named Salvation arose from his seat adjusted his robe to bare his right shoulder, knelt on his right knee, bowed, and with palms joined, respectfully addressed the Buddha. O great virtuous, world-honored one, in the Dharma semblance age, there will be sentient beings who suffer numerous calamities and are always sick and emaciated, unable to eat or drink, their throats dry and lips parched, their eyes seeing darkness everywhere. As the signs of death appear, they are surrounded by parents, family, friends, and acquaintances weeping and lamenting. As such a patient lies in bed, he sees the messengers of Yama arrive to lead his consciousness before this king of justice. Now all sentient beings have inborn spirits who record everything they do, both their transgressions and their merits. These spirits then present the patient's entire record to King Yama. At that time, the king questions the dying person, and tabulates his good and bad karma before deciding upon his fate. If, at that point, the relatives and acquaintances of the patients are able to take refuge in the world-honored medicine Buddha on his behalf, invite monks and nuns to recite this sutra, light seven-tiered lamps and hang multicolored longevity banners, his consciousness may return then and there, and he will see himself clearly as though in a dream. Or else, after seven, twenty-one, thirty-five, or forty-nine days when his consciousness returns, as if in awakening from a dream, he will recall all of his good and bad karma and the consequences thereof. Having personally witnessed the consequences of karma, he will never again create evil karma, even if his life is in danger. Therefore, men and women of pure faith should uphold the name of the medicine Buddha, venerate and make offerings to him according to their means. Ananda then asked the Bodhisattva salvation. Good man, how should we venerate and make offerings to the world-honored medicine Buddha, and how should we make the longevity penance and lamps? The Bodhisattva Salvation replied, Virtuous one, in order to help the patient recover, you should adhere to the eight precepts for seven days and seven nights, Make offerings of food, drink, and other necessities to a group of monks and nuns in accordance with your means. Pay homage and respectfully make offerings to the world-honored Medicine Buddha six times a day, and recite this sutra forty-nine times. You should light forty-nine lamps, make seven images of the Medicine Buddha, and place seven lamps, each as large as a cartwheel, before each image, letting them burn continuously for forty-nine days and nights." You should also make multicolored banners, 49 hand lengths long. Furthermore, you should release 49 species of animal, thus sparing their lives. The patient may then escape danger and will not be under the sway of evil demons, nor subject to untimely death. Moreover, Ananda, when the anointed Kshatriya kings find themselves beset by calamities, such as epidemics, foreign invasions, internal insurrection, and adverse alignment of the stars, an eclipse of the sun or the moon, unseasonable storms, or a failure of the monsoons, they should develop compassionate feelings towards all sentient beings. They should also pardon prisoners and make offerings to the world-honored Medicine Buddha in accordance with the rites described earlier. Thanks to these good roots and the power of the Medicine Buddha's past vows, peace and stability will immediately return to the affected countries. The rains and winds will be favorable." Crops will mature on time and everyone will be healthy and happy. The country will be free of evil yakshas out to harm the populace. All the evil omens will immediately disappear, and these anointed Kshatriya kings will enjoy greater longevity and vitality, finer appearance as well as greater health and freedom than ever before. O Ananda, the queens, consorts, princesses, royal heirs, great ministers, court ladies, officials, or commoners who suffer disease and other misfortunes should also make offerings to the Medicine Buddha. They should make multicolored longevity banners, light lamps ensuring that they burn continuously, liberate all kinds of animals, scatter flowers of various colors, and burn various kinds of incense renowned for their fragrance. They will then recover from disease and escape misfortune." Ananda then asked the Bodhisattva Salvation, Good man, how can an expiring lifespan be lengthened? The Bodhisattva Salvation replied, Virtuous one, did you not hear the Tathagata explain the nine forms of untimely death? I would urge everyone to make longevity banners and lamps and cultivate merits and virtues. Thanks to such cultivation, they will escape suffering and misfortune throughout their lives. Ananda further asked, What are the nine forms of untimely death? The Bodhisattva Salvation replied, Some sentient beings contract a minor illness which goes untreated for lack of a physician or medicine. Or else, even though there is a physician, he prescribes the wrong medicine, causing premature death. Or the patients believing the false pronouncements of earthly demons, heretics, or practitioners of black magic may panic unable to calm their minds. They may then engage in divination or perform animal sacrifices in order to propitiate the spirits, praying for blessings and longevity, all in vain. Through ignorance, confusion, and reliance on wrong inverted views, they meet with untimely death and sink into the hells with no end in sight. This is the first form of untimely death. The second form is execution by royal decree. The third is losing one's vitality to the demons through hunting, gambling, debauchery, drunkenness, or extreme dissipation. The fourth is death by fire. The fifth is death by drowning. The sixth is being devoured by wild animals. The seventh is falling off a mountain or a cliff. The eighth is death by poison, incantation, evil mantras, or demons raised from the dead. The ninth is from hunger or thirst, or lack of food and water. These are the nine forms of untimely death mentioned by the Tathagatas. There are also countless other forms which are too numerous to describe. Moreover, Ananda, King Yama is responsible for keeping the karmic register of everyone in the world. If, sentient beings having been unfilial, committed the five cardinal sins, disparaged the triple jewel, broken the laws of the land, or violated the major precepts, King Yama will mete out punishment according to the infraction. Therefore I urge sentient beings to light lamps, make banners, liberate animals, and cultivate merits in order to avoid suffering and misfortune. At that time there were twelve powerful Yaksha generals in the great assembly, named Kumbira, Mihira, Anila, Indra, Makura, Katura, Vajra, Andira, Sandila, Pajra, Sindura, and Vikarala. Each was accompanied by a retinue of seven thousand yakshas. They all raised their voices in unison and said respectfully to the Buddha, O world-honored one, today, thanks to the Buddha's awesome power, we have succeeded in hearing the name of the medicine Buddha and no longer fear descending onto the evil paths. Together, with one mind, we take refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha for the rest of our lives and pledge to support all sentient beings bringing them genuine benefits and joy. Wherever this sutra circulates, or wherever there are sentient beings who hold fast to the name of the Medicine Buddha and respectfully make offerings to him, whether in villages, towns, kingdoms, or in the wilderness, we will all protect them. We will release them from all suffering and calamities, and see to it that all their wishes are fulfilled. Sentient beings afflicted by disease or calamity and wishing to escape, should also read or recite this sutra. They should knot our names with multicolored strands, untying them when their wishes are fulfilled. Thereupon, Buddha Shakyamuni praised the great Yaksha generals with these words, Good indeed, good indeed, great Yaksha generals, those of you who wish to repay the benevolence and the virtues of the world-honored medicine Buddha should always benefit and bring joy to all sentient beings in this way. Ananda then asked the Buddha, World-honored one, What should we call this teaching, and how should we adhere to it and put it into practice? Buddha Shakyamuni replied to Ananda, This teaching is called the Past Vows, Merits, and Virtues of the Medicine Buddha, or the Dharani of the Vows of the Twelve Yaksha Generals to Benefit Sentient Beings, or Eradicating All Karmic Obstacles. You should uphold it as such. When Buddha Shakyamuni finished speaking, the great Bodhisattvas, as well as the great Shravakas, kings, ministers, brahmins, laypersons, devas, nagas, yakshas, gandharvas, asuras, garudas, kimnaras, maharagas, and other humans and non-human sentient beings all rejoiced at the Buddha's words. They faithfully accepted them and put them into practice. Homage to the Medicine Buddha's great assembly of Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. Now at the end of any Dharma practice or spiritual endeavor, We have amassed a great wealth of merits, so we should dedicate all of these merits to all sentient beings, so that they can all share in the benefits that we've received from this sutra. So if you know of your own transference, you can say yours, or you can just contemplate the meaning of the transference that I have from this uh, sutra document right here. Wherever the Buddhist teachings have flourished, either in cities or countrysides, people would gain inconceivable benefits. The land and people would be enveloped in peace. The sun and moon will shine clear and bright. Wind and rain would appear accordingly. There will be no disasters. Nations would be prosperous, and there would be no use for soldiers and weapons. People would abide by morality in accord with laws. They would be courteous and humble, and everyone would be content without injustices. There would be no theft or violence. The strong would not dominate the weak, and everyone would get their fair share. With bad advisers forever left behind, from paths of evil he departs for eternity, soon to see the Buddha of limitless light and perfect Samantabhadra's supreme vows, the supreme and endless blessings of Samantabhadra's deeds I now universally transfer. May every living being, drowning in adrift, soon return to the pure land of limitless light. Namo Amitofo. So, just to recap... The mantra for Dispelling Illness and Suffering, the Baisaja Guru Mantra, it goes like this. Namo Bhagavate Baisaja Guru Vaidurya Prabha Radzaya Tathagataya Arhate Samyaksam Bhutaya Tadyata Om um Baisaja Baisaja Maha Baisaja Baisaja Samudgate Swaha Namo Bhagavate, Bhai Shaja, Guru, Vaidurya, Prabha, Raja Yat, Tatagataya, Arhate, Samyaksam, Buddha Tadyata Tadi Yatta, Um Bhai Shaja, Maha Bhai Shaja, Bhai Shaja Raja, Sambudgate, Swaha. Namo Bhagavate, Bhai Guru, Vaidurya, Prabha bhaishaja 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 Raja, Yatatagataya, Arhate, Samyasambuddha, Yatati Yatta, Um Bhai Shaja, Bhai Maha Bhai Shaja, Bhai Shaja Raja, Sambudgate, Swaha. I love you all, be safe out there, and praise the Medicine Buddha of Limitless vaiduria Radiance. And may all of your wishes be fulfilled. And if you found this helpful at all, or halfway intelligible, be sure to subscribe and share, and tune in next time to the Buddhaverse Podcast. Bye.